0: Welcome into the Power Alley. If you're familiar with the podcast, I'm your host, Pat Mellicarl. The offseason continues to wind down as we're less than 70 days away from opening night here at Salem Field when the Buffalo Bisons take on the Rochester Red Wings. Even before that, the Bisons will open their season with a road trip in Scranton, wilkes and Pawtucket. So the season is rapidly approaching. And with that, there has been a lot of roster news and coaching news over the past couple of weeks, including several 2019 Bison players and pitchers that have been added to the Blue Jays' non-roster invitee list to spring training. For a full list on the players invited to spring training, head over to Bisons.com. where We have several stories up, including the recent re of players like Patrick Kivlihan and Andy Burns, who will vie for a spot in the big leagues. And if not, we should see them here at Salem Field again here in 2020. Also with spring training beginning this week, the Bison's coaching staff has been announced along with all the minor league affiliates in the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Joining manager Ken Huckabee here for the 2020 season are Corey Hart and Devon White. They're back for another year, both Corey in the role of hitting coach and Devo as the position coach again for the Bison this year. You may remember earlier in the offseason, Doug Mathis took a new role with the Texas Rangers, leaving the Blue Jays organization after one season. While Jeff Ware, who has been a pitching coordinator for the Blue Jays the last couple of seasons, will now take over as the Herd's pitching coach in 2020. Also added to the staff are two development coaches, Jake McGoggin and David Howell, who will help analytically both with the position players and also on the pitching side of things. With that news coming out last week, I thought it might be the right time to talk to manager Ken Huckabee, who was here in Buffalo a couple of weeks ago to meet with the media and a handful of season ticket holders and discuss the 2020 season coming up. So right here on the Power Alley, it's time to take a listen to my conversation with Bison manager Ken Huckabee, where we talk about a wide range of topics, including what he's hoping to build here in the 2020 season. Huck, let's start with uh, you wanting to go back in, into managing after being a catching coordinator for the last couple of years. What, what are maybe some of the things that, that interest you about going back into being a manager?
1: Uh, the thing that interested me was the, you know, the, the changing of the game and uh, the way the game is advancing, both in a practice design, technical standpoint and a data, uh, tactical standpoint. I mean, I was involved in it, being the catching coordinator, but wasn't, you know, diving deep into the strategies of the game um, as far as the way it's advancing to try and keep up with the times. So that was one aspect of it. And then the, the player aspect of it, I was close with my catchers for the last three years, and um, I missed that, that connection to the team environment, the team you know, compete every night, um, just those aspects of, of everything that goes into the day-to-day process of winning.
0: And you mentioned some of those prospects that you've worked with. I mean, guys like Danny Jansen, Reese McGuire, I mean, they're going on to have big league careers now. Um, what Does it give you a sense of pride knowing that you've worked with them and especially in Danny's case, that, you know, having managed him and, and worked with him even more so? Um, you know, what's funny is that when... When I was playing, my
1: sole, obviously, sole mission as a player, each individual player is to get to the big leagues and to stay in the big leagues. And when you attain that goal, there's a you know a sense of euphoria when you're a journeyman guy that you know you made it, and now you're fighting to keep your head above water, and and so you're in that that great place. But um, turning to the coaching side and then getting to uh, impact so many different players. Careers and and off field lives and and all that kind of stuff. You know, I was fortunate enough that the group that I was managing was was Anthony Alford, J.D. Davis, uh, Jano, uh, Timmy Mesa, I mean uh, Dermody. All the guys that are impacting our major leagues now are the guys that you know last time I managed. And to be 100 percent honest, when a guy like Danny Jansen makes the big leagues, who you know four or five years ago wasn't on anybody's map that euphoria is even greater than it is for yourself because it's you know the sense of giving everything you had to him and then to see it pay off in in a guy who's more talented than you were and seeing how he can take that and go it's It's a great feeling.
0: And I know in talking to former players, you know, maybe in your case, you know, with your son being involved in pro baseball and even, you know, as a coach, are you more nervous for those guys than you were in your playing career because you're kind of sitting back and watching it all play out?
1: Actually, no. It's the the complete opposite. It's a sense of calm. Um, When it's you going through it, that, that, Sense of failure and the sense and the, that feeling of not being able to achieve what you're trying to achieve is far greater than being the person from the outside helping, accepting failure and accepting deficiencies and trying to work to make those deficiencies strengths and being able to see it from a subjective point of view away from them and give them you know, good, active feedback to help them. Um, So I think the stress is is reversed. I I, I look at coaching a little bit more as a lower stress uh, position when it comes
0: to watching your players and helping your players achieve what they're trying to achieve. And now as we look towards this 2020 season, I'm excited to not only work with yourself, but the coaching staff that's going to be around you. And uh, how about your familiarity with someone like Jeff Ware, Corey Hart, and even uh, Devon White, who you've worked with in the past? Uh, Jeff was my pitching coach my very first year of managing <clears throat> when I was in Lansing. So, And then he's been the
1: pitching coordinator, and we worked side-by-side in trying to create a pitching program and a catching program that coexists with each other, just specifically for the importance of it. So Jeff and I are extremely close and have an extreme, extremely tight bond with the way we like to work together. Corey was my hitting coach in Dunedin, my second year of managing, it was his first year in, so we kind of got a good little base that we went from there. And then obviously getting to visit him when I rode the last three years was a great opportunity. Devon White is someone that it's, 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 that I'm trying to build that relationship as we go. and um, I mean, I know Devon. Uh, you know, we, we have conversations. We talk. We have gone to dinner and all that kind of cool stuff. But, you know, I, we really don't know each other to build up that trust factor, and that's that's on me to create that, and, and I'll do my best to do that. And then Brian, uh, Bob Tarpe, Aaron Strano, uh, Lauren Poole, Dan Powell, and Jake McGiggin, you know, those are also relationships that I'm going to have to work on to create that bond. I th-
0: I think it's pretty unique that you're getting the opportunity to once again work with Jeff and Corey, having worked with them at other levels. And, you know, whether it be Jeff as a, as a pitching coordinator is uh, similar to, you know, seeing a lot of the players develop over the last couple of years and now here at AAA, but that's maybe not something you're definitely used to seeing. It is, it is. I mean, being able to be functional in the creation of the programs
1: is is huge in what we're about to do, and I couldn't hear 100% of your question. So can you repeat that
0: honestly again because I feel a little bit I couldn't hear. Sure. I just think it's it's unique that you're getting the ability to, to work with Jeff again, work with Corey, after the experiences you guys have had previously, and then maybe the last couple of years, and, and what that's ultimately helped you as coaches, you know, going into this season, um, with your relationships and, and building off of uh, what you guys have done in the past.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it
0: definitely
1: is, because the base relationship is key, but the row the beam actually gave Jeff and I a chance to to kind of get that thirty thousand foot view of of Corey and Devo and Carpey and Spano and Lauren and even Jake McGiggum. we could get that thirty foot view of, of, of things that we can see that we can do help them to become better coaches. So um you're you're actually right, the base with the other guys and then uh, the knowledge of knowing the other guys from just traveling around.
0: And as we look at maybe uh, what 2020 could look like on the field, I know it's a long ways away. there's a lot of um, movement that can happen, but you know what what's your excitement level looking at the possibility of being the manager of a guy like TJ Zoick or Anthony Kay, Nate Pearson, some of these young talented pitchers that we've seen here in Buffalo for a little bit and might get to see a little bit even more so in this season?
1: Yeah,. Uh, the opportunity of some of the guys that could potentially be there is is phenomenal, um, and the impact that we can have on them to help Toronto is immense. And you know our jobs there with these you know with these guys that could potentially be there is just to obviously help them with their the fundamental skills or technical skills, but also to uh, help them gain confidence in themselves um, that they are they have the ability to be you know to be elite side of performers in the big leagues and and allow them the opportunity to fail and learn from the failures. And uh, I'm extremely excited about the opportunities that are going to be there in Buffalo this year. I I can't say enough. Even, I mean, give or take the guys. The guys, to me, they're relevant because they're human beings, but it's going to be changing so much over the course of the season that I'm just excited to create a culture that is, that is that people when they walk into our clubhouse are, are kind of fired up to be in. You
0: know, when you were here a couple of weeks ago, culture was such an important word. And you mentioned that uh, in your introductory press conference or in our uh, nighttime visit with some of the season ticket holders how can some veteran players also help that culture because you know the the players are going to want to the younger players probably going to talk to the veterans on what they've experienced even beyond you know the 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 knowledge uh, that that you guys will share as coaches but but what can veterans add to the culture of free young players
1: they they can they can be one or two things they can be a absolute contribution or they can be a detriment to the culture so um the important thing is setting up the structure to give them some autonomy to, to build what we're doing there from the beginning, from the first day we start, before we even play a game when we get to Buffalo and we're having those three or four days of workouts before we best the, the screen. And to, to have them be included in the process of creating what we're trying to do then the accountability becomes easier amongst themselves because they created it. It's not on the coaches to hold them accountable to a behavior or uh, a specific focus that we're trying to drive through. It's, It's up to them. And then hopefully what happens when the team does start to change, the existing players in the clubhouse will maintain that culture even with new faces and let them know, hey, this is what we do here, instead of letting a new person come in and not just go on their
0: own program. As we talk about uh, some of the players in, in the Blue Jays' development, I, I, I want to know, maybe from your perspective, being a former Blue Jay, um, having big league time with the Jays, you know, what does it mean to you to be one of the, the coaches relied upon to help the next wave of Blue Jay prospects Become players in the big leagues. The, the biggest reason I came back to the Blue Jays. I played for nine different organizations
1: in my career, and played in the big leagues with with five of them, or six of them. Um, and I I chose the Blue Jays because of the people who were involved, and that came in before you know Mark and Ross and Hill and everybody. Were here i came here because of doug davis and charlie wilson and alex and and then most people that were the leadership when i came in and their vision of wanting us to win the world series and we came close there for a couple of years and now with mark and ross and that that vision is clear um they've done a tremendous job of, of giving us our path i i'm The reason why I came back was because Toronto was so special to me as a player that I I truly believe in them winning the World Series and bringing the World Series back to Canada. It really is a definite belief in my heart. So that means a lot to me to answer your question in a long-winded way.
0: Well, and you mentioned Doug Davis. He'll be uh, in scranton Wilkesbury this year, so we'll see him right out of the gate. And then uh, one of your former teammates in Tom Prince, and I, and I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing, you know, some, for folks that don't know what your relationship with Tom Prince is because he's so revered as a former Bison. <laughs> uh, Princey and I were teammates my first year in AAA in
1: 1995. And Albuquerque, New Mexico, coming up with the Dodgers. He was, I think he was 30, and I was 24. And obviously both came catchers. And unbeknownst to me, uh, Princey made us road roommates on the road. And it was a long, long five months for a 24-year-old cocky kid who had talent to be with a 30-year-old catcher who has a, a very good edge to him. And after the season was over, I could not have been more thankful for that five months. It's one of those like almost like boot camp things. Percy was a mentor. He was a friend, still continues to be a friend to this day. And he taught me things in this game on behavior and, and, uh, the way to go about the game and the way I approached the game. He taught me things that I carried with me for the next 13 years after that one year that we had together. Actually we were together the next year, but he was in the big league a, a lot more that year. But, um, you know, he, he taught me like, I wear just what the, what the team gives me was one example. And what that meant was, he didn't wear gloves, was, he didn't wear wristbands. Him wear any of that extra stuff, and so if you ever see a picture of me, I'm not wearing wristbands. I'm not wearing batting gloves. I'm not wearing a glove under my mitt. A batting glove under my mitt. I'm wearing exactly what the team I was playing for gave me to wear, and and played as hard as I could. So those are just some foundational stuff that Princey helped me develop at 24 that you know I wouldn't have gotten if I
0: hadn't had the opportunity to be with him. So. Looking forward to beating them this year. which will be fun. No doubt. Uh, when the Bisons play the Mudhens, that'll be a, a, a fun series. Um, before I let you go, I just wanted to know, you know, maybe what's one thing, I mean, the thing you're most looking forward to is going back into a be, being a manager this year and maybe something that, you know, just makes you the most excited for, for what's to come this season?
1: Games. <laughs> it, it's kind of simple, It's right? Now, I love the work that goes on before the games. I truly do. It's one of my passions, but I'm truly looking forward to that feeling of of putting on my uniform and, and walking out those doors and walking out onto the field there in Buffalo or wherever we go on the road and and being like, yeah, it's, it's game time and having those juices flowing like like it's, it's time to get some stuff done. And uh, that's, that's honestly what I'm the most excited about and and having Jeff Ware and the staff I have coming up there with me makes it even more exciting because of the familiarity with us all. And I know they had the same passion when we walked out of that clubhouse. And, and hopefully the fans there in Buffalo will get to see that passion come out in our players. Because trust me, we'll have it in the dugout. I promise that.
0: Our thanks to Huck for joining us for a couple of minutes during the off season. Look forward to catching up with him and the Bisons coaching staff down in Florida, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, and also as we get closer toward the 2020 season. There will be a lot going on between now and the next time that the Power Alley podcast comes your way, so be sure to keep it locked to com and also our social media feeds on both Facebook and Twitter and even Instagram for the very latest, including a lot of promotional features that have already been announced for the 2020 season. I know there's a lot more to come as well and some exciting things happening here at Salem Field in just a matter of weeks. Until next time, I'm Pat Carl. Thanks for joining us in the Power Alley.